Hey, good evening there, sloggy kids. I am at work right now. It's a nice, quiet night. I'm working the board. It is like a little after four in the morning. So it's my evening since everything's backwards when you work nights. And uh, the day guys will start coming in here in about an hour or so. I got time to read. We finished 1 Samuel chapter 25 last time. Let me look at it. I didn't look at it. Oh, that was the one about Nabal and Abigail. And Nabal got what he deserved. And David didn't have to do anything. So, that's that. Hey, did you guys look up what the name Nabal means? I bet you pretty much any Bible you'd pick up would have it in there. So, pretty easy one, I think. But, I won't go back through all that. Let's start. 1 Samuel chapter 26. Then the Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is not David hiding himself on the hill of Hetshilah, which is on the east of the Jeshimon? So Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph with 3,000 chosen men of Israel to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul encamped on the hill of Hetshilah, which is beside the road on the east of Jeshimon. But David remained in the wilderness. When he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness, David sent out spies and learned that Saul had indeed come. Then David rose and came to the place where Saul had encamped. And David saw the place where Saul lay, Saul lay with Abner, the son of Ner, the commander of his army. Saul was lying within the encampment while the army was encamped around him. Then David said to Ahimelech the Hittite and to Joab's brother Abishai, the son of Zeriah, who will go down with me into the camp of Saul? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. So David and Abishai went to the army by night, and there lay Saul sleeping within the encampment, with his spear stuck in the ground at his head. And Abner and the army lay around him. Then Abishai said to David, God has given your enemy into your hand this day. Now please let me pin him to the earth with one stroke of the spear, and I will not strike him twice. But David said to Abishai, Do not destroy him, for who can put out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? And David said, As the Lord lives, the Lord will strike him. On his day, uh, I'm sorry, there's a little mistake in my Bible here. Oh, nope, there's a booger on my iPad. It wasn't a booger, it's just a piece of dust. Sorry about that. I'm going to start again there in verse 10. I need to clean my iPad. Sorry, guys. Okay, verse 10. And David said, 
as the Lord lives, the Lord will strike him, or his day will come to die, or he will go down into battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should put out my hand against the Lord's anointed, but take now the spear that is at his head and the jar of water, and let us go. So David took the spear and the jar of water from Saul's head, and they went away. No man saw it or knew it, nor did any awake, for they were all asleep, because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen upon them. Then David went over to the other side and stood far off on the top of the hill with a great space between them. And David called to the army and to Abner, the son of Ner, saying, Will you not answer, Abner? Then Abner answered, Who are you who calls to the king? And David said to Abner, Are you not a man who is like you in Israel? Why then have you not kept watch over your lord the king? For one of the people came in to destroy the king your lord. This thing that you have done is not good. As the Lord lives, you deserve to die, because you have not kept watch over your Lord, the Lord's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is in the jar of water that was at his head. Saul recognized David's voice and said, Is that your voice, my son David? And David said, it is my voice, my Lord, O king. And he said, Why does my Lord pursue after his servant? For what have I done? What evil is on my hands? Now therefore let my Lord the king hear the words of his servant. If it is the Lord who has stirred you against me, stirred you up against me, may he accept an offering. But if it is men, May they be cursed before the Lord, for they have driven me out this day that I should have no share in the heritage of the Lord, saying, Go serve other gods. Now therefore, let not my blood fall to the earth away from the presence of the Lord, for the king of Israel has come out to seek a single flea like one who hunts a partridge in the mountains. Then Saul said, I have sinned. Return, my son David, for I will no more do you harm, because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Behold, I have acted foolishly and have made a great mistake. And David answered and said, Here is the spear, O king. Let one of the young men come over and take it. The Lord rewards every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord gave you into my hand today, and I would not put out my hand against the Lord's anointed. Behold, as your life was precious this day in my sight, so may my life be precious in the sight of the Lord, and may he deliver me out of all tribulation. Then Saul said to David, Blessed be you, my son David, 
You will do many things and will succeed in them. So David went his way, and Saul returned to his place. That's the end of chapter 26. That was kind of weird there at the very end. Don't you think, you guys, Saul just like saw that David could have killed him? And David told him, Hey, look, God let me come in and take your spear and your water, but I made the righteous choice not to kill you. And then what did Saul say? He didn't say, Oh my goodness, I realize the Lord is 100% with you and he totally gave me into your hand. I should be your servant now. Oh, Saul says to David, Blessed be you, my son David. You will do many things and will succeed in them. That's just kind of weird, kind of like a lukewarm, a lukewarm blessing that's not really a blessing. Like telling mommy, like, Mommy, your spaghetti is not cold and it will not make me vomit. I mean, just kind of like tried to say something nice, but it didn't really turn out that way. Anyways, we already know that Saul is very unstable very um, not at peace and that God pretty much has abandoned him because of the bad decisions he made to not be obedient and not follow God's instructions to him. Okay, so end of the chapter 26. So David went his way and Saul returned to his place. So it wasn't like they were old buddies after that. They still stayed apart. All right, chapter 27. Then David said in his heart, Now I shall perish one day by the hand of Saul. There was nothing better for me than that I should escape to the land of the Philistines. Then Saul will despair of seeking me any longer within the borders of Israel, and I shall escape out of his hand. So David arose and went over, he and the six hundred men who were with him, to Ashish the son of Maok, king of Gath. And David lived with Ashish of Gath, he and his men, every man with his household, and David with his two wives, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail of Carmel. Nabal's widow. And when it was told Saul that David had fled to Gath, he no longer sought him. Okay, a couple quick observations here. Didn't David have a run-in with the king of Gath earlier on? I, that's, I can't remember. I need you guys to help here. Help me remember what that whole encounter was like. But he took his 600 men, which is a small army, and his two wives, and every man had their household too. So there was quite a group of them over there in uh, Gath with old Ashish. Okay, verse 5. Then David said to Ashish, If I have found favor in your eyes, 
Let a place be given me in one of the country towns, that I may dwell there. For why should your servant dwell in the royal city with you? So that day Ashish gave him Ziklag. Therefore Ziklag has belonged to the kings of Judah to this day. I'd be interested to know if Ziklag was on the border with Israel or if it was like where it was in relation to uh, the border of Israel. Maybe I can figure that out someday. That's just, I don't know. Okay, verse 7. And the number of the days that David lived in the country of the Philistines was a year and four months. Now David and his men went up and made raids against the Geshurites, the Gerzites, and the Amalekites, for these were the inhabitants of the land from of old, as far as sure to the land of Egypt. And David would strike the land and would leave neither man nor woman alive, but would take away the sheep, the oxen, the donkeys, the camels, and the garments, and come back to Ashish. When Ashish asked, Where have you made a raid today? David would say, Against the Negev of Judah, or against the Negev of the Jeremelites, or against the Negev of the Kenites. And I looked up that word Negev, N-E-G-E-B, and it just means a dry place, or like a desert. So I guess that's the way David would approach these uh, different little city nations or town nations or whatever. Maybe that's the way he snuck up on them as he'd go through the desert. Or maybe that's just where all these places were to begin with. They were just all in the desert. So I'm not sure about that. But somehow the desert or the dry places related to um, all these raids David made on the enemy nations that inhabited the land. Okay, verse 11. And David would leave neither man nor woman alive to bring news to Gath, thinking, lest they should tell about us and say, So David has done. Such was his custom all the while he lived in the country of the Philistines. And Ashish trusted David, thinking, He has made himself an utter stench to his people Israel. Therefore, he shall always be my servant. So, David went and hid out with uh, Ashish in the country of the Philistines for 16 months. And he definitely didn't sit around doing nothing, causing trouble in amongst the Philistines. He went out and made war on Israel's other enemies which I think is pretty smart in a lot of ways. He was keeping his men um, in training. He was defeating the enemies of Israel because he knew he was going to be king someday. So why not um, make his life easier down the road by getting rid of these wicked nations that God had told him to, had told the uh, Israelites to kill a long time ago anyways. So, um, 
David is already working himself into being a really wise leader. And it pleased uh, old Ashish too that David would bring back all of this plunder from these other nations and um, not try and take him over. But now Ashish thinks that David is always going to be a servant. So let's see what chapter 28 has here. Oh, this is a very interesting chapter. I think you'll come back to these principles here. There's a lot of things in this chapter that will intrigue you. Many different points in your Christian walk. But let's just read it like it's a uh, kind of a comic book action movie right now. Let's just let it entertain us and intrigue us. Because it is very entertaining and intriguing. You're going to have a little homework, though. I have to look up some words. Okay, First Samuel chapter 28. In those days, the Philistines gathered their forces for war to fight against Israel. And Ashish said to David, Understand that you and your men are to go out with me in the army. David said to Ashish, Very well, you shall know what your servant can do. And Ashish said to David, Very well, I will make you my bodyguard for life. Verse 3. Now Samuel had died, and all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in Ramah, his own city. And Saul had put the mediums and the necromancers out of the land. I do believe that mediums were people who talked to spirits. And necromancers, I think, were people who talked to the dead. And Saul had put the mediums and the necromancers out of the land. The Philistines assembled and came and encamped at Shunem. And Saul gathered all Israel, and they encamped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart trembled greatly. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams, or by Urim, or by prophets. Urim is spelled U-R-I-M. That came up earlier in this uh, book, and I don't know what it is. So if anybody wants to look up that Urim, that'd be really cool. U-R-I-M. But the main thing here to, to remember is that God had quit talking to Saul through the prophets, through his dreams, and this Urim. Saul is, you know, not hearing anything from God. Verse 7. Then Saul... Sorry, I got a call on the radio there. A little jump in the 
recording. Okay, back to verse 7. 1 Samuel chapter 28, verse 7. Then Saul said to his servants, Seek out for me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, Behold, there is a medium at Endor. So Saul disguised himself and put on other garments and went, he and two men with him. And then they came to the woman by night. And he said, Divine for me by a spirit, and bring up for me whomever I shall name to you. The woman said to him, Surely you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the necromancers from the land. Why then are you laying a trap for my life to bring about my death? But Saul swore to her by the Lord, As the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? He said, Bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman said to Saul, Why have you deceived me? You are Saul. The king said to her, Do not be afraid. What do you see? And the woman said to Saul, I see a God coming up out of the earth. He said to her, What is his appearance? And she said, An old man is coming up, and he is wrapped in a robe. And Saul knew that it was Samuel, and he bowed with his face to the ground and paid homage. Verse 15. Then Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Saul answered, I am in great distress, for the Philistines are warring against me, and God has turned away from me and answers me no more, either by prophets or by dreams. Therefore I have summoned you to tell me what I should do. And Samuel said, Why then do you ask me, since the Lord has turned from you and become your enemy? The Lord has done to you as he spoke by me. For the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, David. Because you did not obey the voice of the Lord and did not carry out his fierce wrath against Amalek. Therefore, the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Moreover, the Lord will give Israel also with you into the hand of the Philistines. And tomorrow you and your sons shall be with me. The Lord will give the army of Israel also into the hand of the Philistines. Verse 20. Then, Saul fell at once full length on the ground, filled with fear 
because of the words of Samuel. And there was no strength in him, for he had eaten nothing all day and all night. And the woman came to Saul, and when she saw that he was terrified, she said to him, Behold, your servant has obeyed you. I have taken my life in my hand and have listened to what you have said to me. Now, therefore, you also obey your servant. Let me set a morsel of bread before you and, and eat that you may have strength when you go on your way. He refused and said, I will not eat. But his servants, together with the woman, urged him, and he listened to their words. So he arose from the earth and sat on the bed. Now the woman had a fattened calf in the house, and she quickly killed it, and she took flour and kneaded it and baked unleavened bread of it. And she put it before Saul and his servants, and they ate. Then they rose and went away that night. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, that was quite the tr crazy chapter, you guys. Chapter 28, they, David's mustering up with uh, Ashish, the king of the Philistines. Saul is deathly afraid. He isn't hearing anything from God, so he goes to somebody who can call up spirits. And sure enough, she did. She called up the spirit of Samuel, the, the righteous prophet, man of God. And was it like a fake, phony puppet of Samuel? It doesn't sound like that to me. Sounds like Samuel still kind of knew everything that was going on, and he even gave Saul some really time-sensitive information that was really specific to what was going to happen to him the coming day. We'll see if it's true or not. But, yeah, apparently Saul actually was able to get Samuel to come up from the grave in some form and um, he didn't take it too well, to say the least. Not eating again. Saul's got some really weird eating habits, doesn't he? Marching his army, army into the ground, not letting them eat. Now he's not eating, laying. Uh, he's just a wreck. There's not a whole lot of, not a whole lot of ex explanation for it. Saul just makes some weird, irrational choices and conducts himself in a really weird way. Okay, that's the end of chapter 28. There's chapter 29, chapter 30, and chapter 31. And then that's the end of 1 Samuel. So we got three more chapters to go through. Okay, it's getting close to where I need to tidy up and uh, get ready to see the day guys coming in here. But uh, it was really nice hanging out with you, talking into my phone, kind of pretending that I'm there with you. I miss you, kiddos. I love you. I wish I was there with you. But 
daddy's got to go away to work. Sometimes daddy's got to go away for two weeks at a time. Sometimes it's just uh, for the day, but anyways, this is what your daddy chooses to do, so this is kind of fun reading to you. Thanks for listening, and uh, I think it's neat hearing these crazy stories. I don't think people could make up these stories. That's just, it just makes me realize that God's Word is from Him and nobody else, because who on earth could make up these stories except God? Nobody has this kind of imagination or creativity. And I, this is a true account of David and King Saul. Um, yeah, very, very intriguing. Okay, so I'll see you next time for chapter 29. We'll see how far we can get. But... Um, I've been reading through them before I read them out loud to you guys, and it makes it go a little quicker. I don't have to read quite as slow. That's kind of been my little secret tool here lately. All right, love you guys. Hope you have a good night. Have a good day tomorrow. Give Mommy a big hug for me. Be nice to each other. You're only going to be kids for a little while, so you need to be as nice to each other as possible. Someday you'll be adults, and you don't want to look back and say, Oh man, I was just a bratty little kid. It was always mean and selfish to my brothers and my sisters. You want to look back and say, You know what? We had a really good time. Yeah, we were kids, but I loved my brothers and sisters. Or I loved my one brother and sisters. For you, Gideon, and you, Garrison. So make the most out of it. You got built-in best friends for life. I hope you can appreciate that. But be blessed. You are blessed and highly favored. God has great plans for you. Sleep well. And I'll catch you soon. Love you. Night-night.